Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of the Blacker the Berry Foodcast, or TBTB for short. I'm your host, Heather Watkins-Jones, and today we're going to talk about one of my favorite leafy greens, the collard green. This episode is the first in a series that I will explore from time to time called The Main Ingredient, where we'll focus on some of my favorite foods to cook with. So let's get started. When you hear the word collard green, what's the first thing that comes to mind? For me, it's my grandparents, particularly my grandfather. I have memories of him planting, picking, and preparing collard greens with such love and devotion, you would have thought it was his life's work. But I'll get back to that later. The collard green has had quite the journey in this country, starting with its presence on the plantations in the mighty south, to its more modern day appearances and fine dining restaurants and on vegan cafe menus everywhere. For those of you unfamiliar with this newly minted superfood, it's part of the brassica plant family, cousin to the cabbage, broccoli, and of course, the queen of the green world, kale. This green is thought to have been brought over to the United States during the African slave trade and became a staple in Southern cuisine. But this versatile green also has roots in Brazil, Portugal, You can find it in the UK and cashmere. I call it a superfood for good reason. Collard greens are loaded with vitamin K and is a decent source of vitamin A, C, with a little calcium and B6 thrown in for good measure. They can be grown year round, but are much tastier and have slightly more nutritional value during the colder months. Their flavor really improves after the first frost of the season, which for me is normally around October. I live in New Jersey. Now, I'm not going to geek out about the science involved when the chemical changes that occur to the collard green after the frost hits, but the flavor of these large, thick, dark, slightly bitter leaves really takes on a whole new dimension after the frost. It has a sweetness, if you will. But let's get to the good part. How should you cook them? I have to admit, as a culinary school grad, my preparation can be a little boring. I'll put them in soups or stews. Saute them in a pan with some good olive oil, salt, pepper, garlic, red pepper flakes, and a little water, cooking them down just long enough for the greens to start to wilt. I've had them raw, using the large leaves as a substitute for a flour tortilla in a sandwich wrap. Actually, I remember the first time I saw a recipe, it was either on someone's blog or it was on Pinterest, where they were using a raw collard leaf in place of a flour tortilla. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. You know, this is not going to be good. They're so thick. They're so bitter. They're They're so chewy when they're raw. But like any other sandwich wrap, it's really about the filling, and it was quite tasty. So give it a try. But my favorite way to enjoy them is how my grandfather would prepare them. He would take the leaves, cut the large stem in the middle out, and then roll the leaf up like a cigar, and then began slicing the leaves. For you culinary folks, the technique is called chiffonade, like a chiffonade of basil. He would then put them in a large pot, like a 20-quart stock pot, with a little vegetable oil and some seasoning meat, or what we might call cured meats today. So it would be ham hocks, smoked turkey necks, pork neck bones. He'd add in some water, salt, normally a seasoning salt called accent, which is basically MSG. And then cook them over a medium-low gas flame for hours. I mean, at least three hours, if not longer. As I like to say, he would cook them into submission. They would come out fork tender, super flavorful, infused with the smokiness and richness of the meat, and the liquid in the bottom of the pot, otherwise known as the pot liquor, was gold. 
People would literally come from miles around just to have my grandfather's collard greens. They were a staple at every holiday meal and most Sunday dinners growing up. They were one of those foods that just brought people together. And I feel incredibly blessed to have been part of that tradition. Well, folks, that concludes my little episode on the collard green. Be sure to visit the Blacker the Very Food webpage for links to some of my favorite collard green recipes out there and information on upcoming episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in. This was fun. I'll talk to you guys next time.